Hey everyone and welcome to Almost Cancelled. I am Peter, that is Tara, and we are here to talk about our boys. It's season season one. <laughs> I almost said season three there. It's episode three though. <laughs> episode three, it's two packets of red next is the title of the episode. Uh full spoilers for the thing, of course, as always. Sounds like you said red next. Red next, no, red next. Red <laughs> next. <laughs> Very different type of show. Yeah. Yes, yes. Two packs, two, two packs of rednecks. What would that even be? I don't know. <laughs> just sounds like some sort of future show where rednecks have become like enslaved and are mm-hmm. sold in six packs. You buy six, six, six rednecks. Probably at a time. stars Larry the Cable Guy or something. <laughs> yeah, he's he's he sounds like the sort of did to be in that. Yeah. Uh, so this is episode three of Our Boys, and despite our ridiculous humor at the start of this, it's a very serious show about very serious topics. Yes. And it is, we're obviously... Not laughing during the episode. <laughs> no, certainly was not. Um, but it was, you know, it was, it was this outfall, outfall, fallout, my god, I can't speak tonight, this fallout uh, of Mohammed's disappearance and apparent death. Of course, this episode still features Hussein and and his wife not really being told or knowing exactly what's happened and very much being asked more questions this time by simon himself who who comes in to speak to him it makes me feel mm-hmm. a bit more sort of official um and he asks all these questions um uh, to simon and si- or simon asks these questions but then of course hussein in return starts asking a lot of questions as well why are you asking me this this kind of thing and of course the big topic from the end of the last episode is the sexuality of muhammad and we do actually get a bit of a, a revelation uh, later in the episode that kind of implies that it isn't actually as true as we, we or at least isn't as immediately true as we first thought it faced Yeah, value. again, there's more like murky water here. Like we, this episode is, is it's really about two things. It's it's more of an investigation, like we're really getting into like the... Uh, Nitty gray. Like the the Zodiac Killer trying to find like piecing together all the evidence. It's very much like the film Patriots Day, which I know you haven't seen, but there, there's a lot of parallels here. And um, like there's more of the detective. We got we have a timeline. We got to like watch all the footage and piece things together. And then there's the the other side, which kind of happens at the end, where it's just like, oh, the media is really out of control with this story. Hmm. Yeah, because yeah, it turns out it was a it was a Jewish guy who basically leaked this story and like went to this like this uh, LGBT like forum or whatever to essentially fabricate it so that it would take the heat off of the Jewish community and make it look like it was probably you know an Arab an honor culprit. killing is what yeah. they said yeah um, and this is kind of you know so it goes back to Simon kind of being right with his gut about who committed this. And of course, it's confirmed in the investigation side of the episode because we have them combing through all this footage of, of the security cameras and the traffic cameras and they're looking for the vehicle. And it's like, oh, it's this, you know, generic gray, you know, Honda Civic or whatever it was. I think that was the mm-hmm. make. Um, yeah. And they're looking for this car. And it's like, yeah, but it's like one of the most common cars in the country. Like, you know, thousands and thousands of people have it. And they're looking through all this footage and there's a lot of them coming through and like getting different angles and getting them in different locations and they get them outside this convenience store and they want to like try and like investigate. So the two prongs to this is one, it comes up that there was a, when Simon's talking to Hussein, he for the first time notably finds out about this attempted kidnapping from the night before, which Hussein brings up and says, oh, well they tried it the night before and then they came back and did it with you know, my son. And he's like, 
night before attempted kidnapping. What's this I'm hearing about for the first time? I should know about this. And he actually yeah. he goes. It's and actually Paul Hussein, who's just like you are the one who just told me you're in charge. How do you not know about this? Like this is clearly bias, and like it's it's just because you're you're a Jewish guy and uh, my son is Arab that you don't take this seriously. But of course. Like, of course, he is also equally upset by the fact that he doesn't know this, and we get a yeah. very cathartic scene where he goes to the the two cops, the two you know uniforms, and chews them out for for not yeah. reporting this properly and just treating it like it's a nothing thing. And they try to write it off as, oh, we get so many calls and stories every day, you know, it just feels like another one of those. And he's like, I want to see that like this potential kidnap victim and the witnesses from the night before. I want to speak to them like right now. Go get the family. Like I want to talk to all of them. Um, and you know, and even in the interview when he's talking to this family, this this uniform cop, he he keeps saying how ridiculous the story is whilst they're answering questions. Like he he's trying to undermine the the he's, victims he's of a crime. He's trying to justify why he didn't report it. Yeah, the the because entire not only that, I think he knew about it when it happened because she said that we went to the cops, mm. and and he's and he's there with them, and even with the guy who said that I think it was an Arab. Even though he says, "No, you're putting words in my mouth. That's not what I said," and um, then so we know that's the same cop that was there during that whole ordeal, which we didn't actually see on camera. And then uh, he's also the cop who showed up at the crime scene when Muhammad went missing, yeah. where he was reminded of this event. So he knows that they're connected. And still dismisses it. Yeah, well, because for me, this entire scene where he's in, where Simon's interviewing this family and this cop is sitting there, this cop's motive for the entire scene is to just try and make himself look like he's not an idiot and make himself look like he's in the right. That is his he only is, motivation. He is sweating bullets though the yeah. whole time. Like, see, this is why <laughs> this yeah. story doesn't make sense. Yeah, they're crazy. They're crazy. Like, I was right okay, to dismiss dude. it. You know, like that is. And a, it really makes Simon look good. Like, because he is calm he's good with the kid he's good with the mother he's getting all the information he needs and he's getting a lot of information that yeah, he it needs, does it, helpful information because the thing the thing the other thing with the cop saying things is that he's doing it like he literally does it in front of the 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 people the front of the wife and husband like she says something about like what she saw and then he immediately tries to poke holes in it and make her feel like she's lying like he he's putting mm-hmm. her on the defense of every single and simon's like no that's not how you talk to someone especially when we have no reason to think she's actually lying like yeah you know we want her to feel comfortable so she'll offer the information and so he he the cop comes up looking looking worse than he ever has done before and he already looked pretty bad <laughs> like we already thought pretty yeah. low of him and then simon comes off as you say looking really good because he talks to him the right way he you know, he's really nice to the kid you know the kid's drawing and he's like being nice to him and kind of you know talking talking to him like an adult talking to a kid and eventually he's, he's asking about the kid about the the car and like what was the car like that the, the, the guys try to come and get you and he's like oh can you draw it can you color it in and he's like no and he pulls out all the all the pencils and he's like you know is, is the color of the car in this set and he's like no um and he, you know he shows him some photos of some cars and he identifies one that looks like and he's like, yeah it's the gray car uh, which corroborates what they have been seeing on the security camera footage and mm-hmm. what they've been getting glimpses of and would have been helpful to know right <laughs> exactly and they also get like uh, some little beats of uh like one of the footage they get is like they can tell that there's like a a, a bit of damage on the fender and they also see that the, the the aerial on the the antenna has been has been damaged as well and so later yeah. on when we have cops like combing the city looking for like these cars in various areas they actually do find it at one point towards the end of the episode uh they get a match so 
you know, it's this thing where all this information could have been had like much earlier, like you say, because these mm-hmm. cops just weren't willing to listen to any of this. Um, and then the flip side of this, which corroborates and confirms the the not the identity specifically, but the identity of the you know were they Jewish, were they Arab? Like we get the answer to that question from the the worker in this convenience store where they stopped to buy some stuff because and this, again this is some beautiful police work very simple uh this is the mm-hmm. policeman doing his job properly where he doesn't actually it's so engaging like it's really fun to watch oh absolutely but when he when he finds this guy because the guy's going on his like his pilgrimage but he catches him at the bus stop he's like no 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 no, get off the bus we have to talk to you that's a serious and yeah, he's not in trouble but sh- we need to talk to you right yeah. now <laughs> they show him the footage the security camera footage from the store and uh, which even getting that was an ordeal because it's in the riot area so the policemen have to go in like their, their civvy right. clothes because they don't want to get into a fight with any rioters so they have to like yeah sort of and i in. like i like the detail that the um the security footage is a top down because the guy who owns the convenience store suspects that his um his own employees are stealing from him instead of like because the cops are like why don't you have their security camera facing the the people so that you can see who the faces are the of the people who come in in case you get robbed because i'm more concerned about my coworkers yeah the or employees. my employees robbing from me yeah that was a nice <laughs> little touch um but yeah so and but, i assume it's true <laughs> oh yeah it makes some sense it makes sense because because you know to, to an extent the employees in a place where they could steal a lot if they wanted to like so yeah. it makes sense to have some something there to prevent that <laughs> um you know other than just you know human trust because they're an employee <laughs> yeah uh but like yeah so so but the thing that was really smart though is to make sure there was no bias in his answer they never tell him why they're asking these questions they just say do you remember these two people okay do you remember anything about them and he's like you know and he's like oh they were they were they were jewish he's like oh what makes you say that oh because they were speaking because they couldn't speak arabic and i had to speak in hebrew um and this is like the confirmation and then they call it in and this is you know back at the the the, the, the command center of the police station where you know simon gets this call and confirms you know uh that they're they're jewish and they all just kind of go quiet like even the boss is like okay that's just got tougher that's just got tougher because now there's no sugar coating that there's no uh smoothing this over the culprits are jewish and it's some form of retaliation and this isn't even the end of the episode this is like you know maybe a halfway two-thirds because this is where simon's like okay now we know it's the jewish culprit the the investigation can really get started because now we're not right. tiptoeing around this and he kind of gives that look to his boss like uh i told you so and his boss you could tell like the the immediate sense of he's still i don't He's still like looking for confirmation that like are they a hundred percent sure that they're Jewish? Because I can't run with this fact like unless I know a hundred percent. Like he still can't quite get on board with it, even though they have confirmation. Yeah, and like the the rest of the investigation, you know, Simon goes to this area in the forest and runs into some people. And I was looking for a uh, uh, what's his face, uh, Avishy, because they're dressed like him. They're, they're clearly people from a sim- from mm-hmm. the same school. And he wasn't in the scene. It, you know, I was looking at every face very closely. He wasn't there. Me too. But, I was looking for him too. Because I thought, oh, this is an interesting way to bring him back in. This idea that he may actually be one of the culprits. That he could be behind this. Because um, we saw him chanting in episode one. We saw him get into the, into the you know, when the, the bodies were discovered and it was confirmed that the, the, the victims had been killed. Um, you know, we saw him chant with everyone else. And it's maybe this idea, is he an extremist? Is he becoming this kind mm-hmm. of thing? 
And we do see him later in the episode, but you know, he he kind of and it's a neat little touch is that Simon puts on his yarmulke before he goes over there, just so right. they just yeah, so they know like he's Jewish and he's just being casual. We can talk to him, and you know, they just start ask. He starts like talking about uh, the crime and like hearing what their thoughts are on it and. Uh, they don't yeah, his... he acts all naive about yeah. it. Like, oh, I, I thought there was some police here earlier. <laughs> yeah. What's all the commotion about? Oh, you didn't hear? Yeah. And this is where we find out, like, the narrative that the media is selling is out of control. Yeah, yeah. We, we hear uh, about uh, the idea of the Arab honor killing. We hear about uh, yeah, all like this stuff. People think that his family, like an uncle or something, is the yeah. one that did it. Yeah, which was never. We don't even know if he's got an uncle. We've never even heard that he's got had an uncle. Well, we do. He has. No, no, no. Never mind. That's not the same family. <laughs> I was thinking of the rabbi, but that's Simon's brother. <laughs> that's the, that's Simon's brother. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So no, like that's really cool. Um, and people are going to correct me and say there's an uncle in the first episode. And if that's the case, fair enough. But I don't remember there being an uncle. <laughs> um, so. Yeah, I don't know if it's clear that um, who is a part of the family other than like the mother and father and his brother and sister yeah but he connects these kids to this school and he knows the kids from that school come up here to hang out right and we saw that i think in the first episode with avishir we saw mm-hmm. that happen and when he gets the list of all the cars because they, they look up every single car that's of that making model and uh like every car that's registered to it and when he gets the list he looks very closely through it and then he sees one that's addressed or registered to someone at that school and goes okay i'm, I'm checking out this one this is the one that i'm yeah. going to and he goes and it's because the... clearly they know this spot well like this yeah. little hangout spot absolutely so he goes and it's the uh it's the rabbi uh whose name is uh well oh, my page is not wide enough i can't see it uh it's like a hyphenated name uh, it's ben david ben david ben david shalom ben david um so he goes to, goes to Ben david and he comes in and he's like and this is where we see uh avishri who, who's just in the class at one point you can see him for a brief moment and it's just sort of remaining. Oh, do you see him? I think you see him in this scene. I'm sure I saw him uh, at one point. Oh, I don't know if I noticed it. Um, it's very, it's very, it's a very small moment. But I, I think the point is, is that it's just, yeah, we've not been focusing on him, but he's in this world, and he, we're getting closer to his world. Um, with with these investigation scenes, and he comes in to speak to the rabbi, and they talk about, you know, you have a car registered in this name, and he's like, I don't drive, I don't, I don't own a car, uh, but it could be my son's, um. And I, I don't necessarily deal with who get, you know gets the car here or whatever. It, it sounds like you know someone who works at the school deals with this and got a car for his son, but it's under his name or something like that. Um, right. Yeah. Um, uh, so it's like okay. So obviously he's going to go look at the son at some point. But um, and again, he's still got the yarmulke on. He's, he's he's sort of doing it to make him feel more chatty, essentially. You know, he's like, yeah, hey, right. Like you know, I'm Jewish, just like you. You can talk to me. Um, <laughs> very strategic. Very strategic. Um, but yeah, so that that was kind of the investigation stuff for the episode. But you know, we we hit a lot of big important beats. We hit, you know, they, they find the car, uh, they know that the culprits are Jewish, and you know, uh, so. Mm-hmm. So it's good. Um, uh, obviously. Yeah, that part, all that was really engaged, engaging the whole time. Yeah. I was like glued to my screen, like, okay, so we have this information now. That's going to lead to here. What about those cameras and? following along like i said it's very much like a, a film patriots day which is just this for two hours and it's so intense no it was i enjoyed the investigation stuff a lot and sometimes it can get a little bit convoluted if, if they don't convey the information clearly enough where you, you get kind of lost in the okay but like uh, this is done really well yeah um especially since it's subtitled and it's like you know we don't just get to see things and get them at a glance like maybe maybe we would in like an english speaking you know 
work. That's true. I think there were a couple lines that I missed because I was looking at the footage. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, it was just going by really quickly. Probably nothing important, but, you know. <laughs> I got them. Yeah. I got most of it. <laughs> so going back to Hussein, though, Hussein like he has some, some awkward conversations where Simon comes in and talks to him, and tries to like raise questions. Like, oh, did you know he was going? To, he was planning to go to Turkey. You know, like you know, what's his routine like? But did you know he was planning this trip? And he's like, yeah, I bought my ticket. I've got it in my pocket. And he pulls out the, tur- the, the, the ticket for Istanbul. And he's like, here, I've got it. Yep. And he's like, okay. Uh, so do you know he's close with someone who, who's there? He's like, oh yeah, this guy. Yeah, he talks to him. Yeah. Um. He's like, but they're really close. You realize that, right? Because um, mm-hmm. I think one of the things that they, one of the kids says uh, when Simon's talking to the kids in the forest is they say he had a sugar daddy in, in Turkey. I think that's how they phrased it. Yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. Oh, well, that's how the subtitles said. I, I thought maybe, you know, translating. Maybe that's just the translation, yeah. but yeah. Well, sugar well, daddy. Well, that's one of, that's, that's one of the, the quirks of translating stuff, actually, is that sometimes we don't have a phrase for something they do, so they have to think, go with the closest like English saying to make it work kind of thing yeah yeah well i mean i i, I guess I, I guess it works in the context of what they think his life is yeah no like i'm saying like imagine like, if it was going the other way like if we used the phrase um like uh see this is really hard to do on the spot i'm trying to think of just a, a phrase that we use um um okay this is a really british one but like bob's your uncle right Bob's your uncle. Right. If you just translate that directly, the person, let's say it's a French person, right? And it's translated, it's subtitled in French, and it, it literally just says Bob and then whatever is your uncle in French. They'll just be like, what the hell does that mean? <laughs> like, they won't <laughs> understand it. So you, so part of translating for subtitles is also localizing it so it's a phrase that we'll understand it'll have the same meaning kind of thing. Right. I noticed there's a lot of usage of the word bro in this and oh, i yeah. wonder if that's like a real literal translation or not too <laughs> yeah yeah well, i wonder if that's different. or is it more like we're just being casual bro like yeah. surfer <laughs> i want yeah i wonder if like uh if that is like let's say we we're translating something in, in russian if comrade would be translated to bro <laughs> yeah <laughs> yes bro off to see gorbachev right now bro <laughs> mm-hmm watch chernobyl yes watch chernobyl <laughs> Chernobyl's very good and it's not not translated it's all Great. english but it's just very good um but oh some awkward things here we fly out says you know you, you know he sort of asks like is your son gay kind of thing and he's like what why would you say that why would yeah, you say he's this? really caught off guard yeah why would you say this awful thing to me like why would you suggest that this is all lies you just try to like say up- upsetting things to trick me and you actually feel kind of, I mean, he it's possibly he is gay because of, like, you know, the, the phone at the end well, of episode two. at this time, yeah. we still think so, like, because yeah. that was the big reveal at the end of the last episode, was that he was LGBT community yeah. member or whatever. Um, yeah, I, I guess what I should have said earlier, because I said the guy fabricated stuff. It's not so much that he fabricated, it's that he went digging for it. Um, yeah. Uh, and, and the chat rooms and stuff. Right, but we're still, like we're kind of un- unsure now because of yeah. the way the episode ends with him yeah i mean I, I still got the impression he was gay um but like we'll see where it goes but you know you feel kind of bad from that maybe this didn't even have to come out maybe, maybe this was something that didn't have to be brought up because you know right the killing and, had I nothing mean, to do with it clearly so. going to be a huge deal yeah um and you know so so he's eventually sees his wife and they give him his phone back there's a whole thing where his phone's not charged and 
the cop, the lady, the lady cop who comes in and who's like talking to him, like is a lot more kind of like soft and considerate with him and tries to like, you know, like, look, we're trying to do what we can. I'll get you your phone. You'll probably need a charger though. Um, I'll get you a charger. Uh, and she tries to give him some advice because when they're leaving later in the episode, she's like, "Hey, there's a lot of stuff in the media about this, and none of it's confirmed. And until we actually do our job, like, don't listen to any of it. It's all unfounded. Just don't pay attention." Um, yeah, she's really concerned about it, yeah. and. Uh, yeah, yeah, and you feel really bad for him because it's like I mean, obviously. Well, he's like, been locked in a room for the whole time. Like he doesn't he has no idea what this narrative is. Oh, absolutely! But you also feel bad for him, I think, because like you know, when he hears this, like, oh, his uncle went mad and killed him for being gay. Like, like, what's he going to think of that? Yeah, right. Like, like his his own family is yeah. Be, be, being torn. It, it's totally outrageous. Being so. being dragged across the mud on the media, even though his uncle, as far as we like, know, he doesn't even know that his son has been burned. No, he doesn't. Yeah, because that's the other thing is that he keeps asking because they, they get DNA swabs from them. And yeah, he, he, he keeps saying, "Why, why can't you just identify him? Yeah, you know why, what he's wearing. You know what he looks like. Yeah, and, and no one's giving him an answer. And you're just waiting for the moment to say because we can't recognize him visually. He's unrecognizable. But you know, the mom knows because she heard it on the radio. Yeah, because um, obviously, I don't think in a million years they would turn around and just go, you know, very coldly because the body we found is completely mutilated like they wouldn't use that word they'd try and soften it as much as they could but like yeah. you're just kind of waiting for someone to say something that kind of implies that and they never really do i was waiting the whole episode they, they chicken out they really do i just kept thinking like is it cruel to let him go this long before telling him or is it more cruel to just tell him like uh, like in this in this situation or would it be better I, like where he was like with his wife and family when well, he te- te- technically they've not actually confirmed it's him yet they, they, they think it is because the underwear description but that's not actually a positive idea yet. yeah so okay. i think technically they shouldn't do it until they actually officially know 100 percent that it's him even though they even though they're already assuming it i don't right. think they should tell Which- him I mean, the last episode we talked about, like, I brought up why would they take his phone away, and now I understand, like, yeah. they don't want him looking at what happened to his son. Yeah, I, I think that that's, and I kind of agree with that logic, is that you don't tell them the son is dead until you know for sure that he's actually dead. Because technically yeah, they don't, even, even though they're 99.9% sure at this point, like, I get yeah. it, I get it. Um, and when he goes home, like, first of all, he's, like, shocked and horrified at the street, because he's, like, What's all this writing? I told you to not overreact or do anything until Muhammad came back. Yeah, everything's are on fire. Yeah, um, it's like, it's like he walks into the apocalyptic war zone and he's like just mortified. And they've got you know they've got their extended family and friends are all in there. And because you know it's, because obviously they've been fasting during the day, this is clearly the time where they're, they're all getting their food out and they're going to make a big thing of it. But they come in and they're just sitting there quietly and they're like, you know, where's where's my other son? Like where like where's he? And he yeah. eventually comes in bloody and beaten and bruised and just you know and do i like about that actually just from a, a metaphor point of view is that he comes in visually looking like how they feel like as much as they they physically look fine the mother and father feel this beating up they do you would think that there would be some comforting involved but there yeah. isn't everyone just kind of sits silently because how they feel that's how i took it is they already feel like he looks they're just not yeah. you know visually looking like that and i i thought that was a really neat touch in the uh there it's got another bit- thing um, that was kind of common that we saw a couple times in, the, in this episode is Muhammad's being treated as a martyr. Like even the little boy like drew a stick yeah. figure with a crown on it and said that's Muhammad. And then we see when Hussein is driving home or being driven home, he goes past a wall that has pro- not prophet um, 
martyr Muhammad or something. Mm. Uh, clearly, his his son um, is so. Uh, there's some looks like his son is becoming quite a symbol for this riding. Yeah, um, that I'm sure is going to be a bigger deal. Yeah, because we see the graffiti. Uh, here's here's a bit of trivia I learned this this week. What is the singular of graffiti? I don't know. Graffito. Graffito. That sounds made up. It's not made up, and it's just, it's I don't think that's trivia. It's the same rule as spaghetti. There's a singular of spaghetti, spaghetto. But you never talk about Hi. one bit. But you never talk about one bit of spaghetti, so no one ever uses it. Feel free to Google it and corroborate right now. I think someone's pulling your leg. You know what? I'm, I'll prove it. I'll prove it. I'll prove it. Um, singular of spaghetti. Spaghetti. Yep. <laughs> that sounds made up. So I'm, sure I'm, going, I'm, going, I'm going to give you a link right now to a Wikipedia or a Wicked Dictionary page or whatever it's called. Let's not waste our time. Proving. I have proved it. <laughs> Okay, you've you've proved it. Spaghetto. It still sounds made up, but you've proved it, and <laughs> I believe you. It just seems so unnecessary. Don't roll your eyes at me when you say that. <laughs> um, so the ending's very downbeat, actually, because it doesn't end like a big cliffhanger like last time. It's very kind of like the investigation's ongoing. We cut to the family just sitting there quietly. We cut to yeah, Simon well, contemplating. It ends on yeah, not like a big cliffhanger or anything, but it does end on a moment that we've been anticipating for a while. Oh, Hussein is with his family and he gets a phone call yeah. and everybody knows what it is and he and he doesn't say anything. Yeah, we don't he get to hear it. Acts, yeah, we, we, we don't get to hear anything. We don't get to hear the phone call. We just get to see his reaction. That's all it is. And everybody knows. And he sits down and has this really great framing shot with uh with just the three of them. Hussein in the middle, his wife and his son. And yeah. his wife is like kind of blurred out, but you can still see the tear like the single tear go down yeah it's it's a it's a side shot looking at them sort of in a, in a line uh, kind of thing and mm -hmm. profile and he's in focus but both the both the son and the mother are out of focus it's a really nice shot um yeah because obviously we've been focusing on him the most because he's the one we've been paying attention to he's it, the one we've been following yeah actually it reminds me there's a shot in the last episode i really liked that i didn't mention is a uh, right at the start of episode two when he first starts walking away from their house uh, it's all kind of one shot and you just kind of see the wave still at the window in the background out of focus the entire time uh, throughout the entire yeah. shot uh, because the camera's shaky so she always goes out of frame but then comes back and you can still make her yeah. you can just yeah. make her out in the background well, he's still he's still talking to her a little bit like what was he wearing or like he was right here <laughs> no it was even it was further away it was like way down the street and you could just see like a little oh, blob yeah, yeah, right. it was like a little blob at the window and it was still and i just like that little bit of uh like feeling like continuity like she's still there like she's not left yeah. that spot because she's looking for mm -hmm. her son um but yeah so yeah he gets the bad news finally at the end of episode three uh which arguably makes us the end of act one i suppose in a weird way of the whole show you know if it were 10 episodes uh the confirmation of that and him finding out because the story of this first three or at least two and three has been him and his family getting to this point and realizing what's happened and mm -hmm. you know confirming that the, the worst thing possible did happen oh, does it end on I end on this shot or does it end on actually it ends on a different scene doesn't it there's a woman who's in a cl a club like a, a wedding or something where there's a mm. band playing and she's like scanning with a a face tracker oh you're right you're right right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah they've got someone undercover to try uh, to identify who yeah. is uh who's there that might be the owner of the car that's outside that matches the description of the killers but he sees who the killers are and 
or who matches the description. Oh, you're right. Yeah, because it, it, it says it says there's one. It says that's that's him or whatever. Or yeah, and it's our guy that we've been waiting for. Avishi is that his name? Okay, all right. <laughs> yeah, I've been dancing around it because I can't remember his name. <laughs> okay, okay. Yes, yes, he's Avishi in, in the footage. Yeah, um, I could swear I saw him in that classroom scene uh, when he goes to see the rabbi. He might have been. In, um, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it was, just was a dude... eating dinner too, so maybe yeah. I just missed it. <laughs> maybe it was a dude who looked like him. Maybe I just maybe I just was recognizing someone else as him. But I thought I, I could have sworn I saw him. Um, I mean, it would make sense that he would be there. Yeah. And given that they kind of stayed away from him for the last, like, you know, like, essentially almost two full episodes up to the end of this one, it mm-hmm. makes sense that the reason why we get introduced to him in the first one is because he was going to be on the other side of it somehow. Like, it, it just, yeah. when they sort of teased it with someone from that school, I immediately said, of course he's one of the culprits because it just makes sense. It makes sense. And the concept of, Well, like, they set him up. Like, why yeah. else would he? Exactly. Would he so be involved? So, it just makes a lot of sense. So, um, but yeah, uh, that is episode three of of our boys and it's still very good uh not as quite as amazing as episode two i think episode two is still the the crown jewel so far well yeah episode two we got so much of hussein yeah and he was really great the the raw emotion like this episode though especially all the detective work i really liked the raw emotion and drama of episode two kind of puts it above for me but episode two is really good i'd say this is better than episode one to to sort of put it on a sort of scale if you will um yeah, but yeah, I would uh, agree with that. Detective stuff's really good. Uh, the family stuff's still great. Uh, and yeah, so that is uh, Our Boys Episode 3. So let us know what you think of the episode in the comments below. You can like and subscribe, all that stuff. Get us on the the the, 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 the Twitters at <laughs> mailed underscore fuzz for channel updates. Uh, we've recorded like three things in a row, right? It's the end of a, a long session. We're, we're very loopy here. Oh, I'm tired. Yeah. Uh, you can, of course, support us. And I'm going to give Tara the, the video off and do it myself. You can support us over at patreon.com slash mailfuzztv. We can do that for as little as $1 per month. And you get access to some bonuses, some exclusives, some early stuff. And you keep all the content coming. So go and have a look-see over there. Uh, do look out for our content we are reviewing. Me and Tara are reviewing the Righteous Gemstones from HBO as well. Uh, so you can check out that you can also check out me and Carl reviewing a bunch of stuff um, such as right now Mind Hunter Season 2 from Netflix and some several other things so go and have a look at all that stuff uh, but otherwise that is us so thank you once again for watching or listening we always appreciate it keep watching TV guys have you got any vanilla